Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to our Hope Story Circle brought to you by the Peace Alliance and welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance, and I'm joined to facilitate today by Liz Gannon-Graydon, who is our board chair. And Yelena Bovovich is usually with us, but she is not with us today. But our special guest today is Christelle Patterson. I'm excited to introduce Christelle to the community. She has evolved into an author of children's books. I'm excited to welcome you. Christelle, come on mute and say hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here today. So excited. But before we move into your, your talk, Christelle, Liz is going to lead us in a little meditation just to bring us in together. And when she's finished, you may begin. Liz? Hi, everybody. I'm going to begin first with our community agreements. The Peace Alliance holds the intention in our gatherings to create a space that is welcome to all for listening learning, open conversation, and engagement. And we come to this circle with the agreements that we will all be real, engaged, and curious. We will remain fully present to listen. We are creating a space for learning, honoring all points of view, acknowledging discomfort, and allowing room for healing. We will do our best to address microaggressions and marginalizing language. And to that end, we ask that everyone act with empathy, compassion, and a desire for connection. So to bring us all into the circle today, I'd like to start with just a little meditation to connect us all. And if we would start with just three connecting breaths to do together. And to bring ourselves fully present into the room, I'm going to ask us to kind of focus on our senses for a minute, and I'll lead you uh, through kind of a check-in with our senses. I want you to focus right now for a minute on something that you can feel. Can you feel your feet touching the ground? Maybe you can feel your hands on a desk or on the fabric of your lap if your hands are sitting that way. So I want you to just take a minute to focus on something that you can literally feel in the space you're at right now. And now I would like to invite you to shift your attention, maybe to something you can smell in where you're sitting. Is there a smell that you can 
sense in your surroundings. I'm right now grateful for what I can't smell. I, I'm coming from New York and we've had some very he heavy air. And as I was focusing on what I can smell, I think right now I'm grateful for what I can't smell. And, and that's the air. So take a minute and just focus maybe on something in your environment that you can smell. And next, I'd like to invite you to focus on your sense of hearing. And is there something as you sit in this space together with these lovely people, is there something that you can hear that you can focus in on that's in your sensory background? And finally, for those of you who may have your eyes closed, I invite you to look around your surroundings and notice whether there's something that catches your eye in your sight line, whether there's something that your sight has picked up. You notice color or a, or a shape or something that's drawing your attention. And just focus on it for a minute and take in everything you can about whatever it is in your sight line that caught your attention. And finally, I invite us all to look at the people in the room. Some of us, we can see our faces, some we see pictures or names, and I invite us all to take a look at the people who are joined with us today. And if I could invite you all to kind of focus your attention now on Christelle and take a good look at Christelle and send her all of our loving energy as we invite Christelle to join the circle and share the story that she came to share with us today. So I thank you all for being here this morning. And Christelle, I welcome you now, and we welcome you to share the story you're here to tell. Thank you, Liz. Um, that was beautiful. And good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Christelle Patterson. Um, I live in Sacramento, grew up in Trinidad. Um, but I live in Sacramento now. I work as a technology consultant. Um, I met Terry at work. We worked together for a bit. Um, and I'm also a children's book author and I'm here to talk about that story. So again, thank you all so much for having me and allowing me to share my story. I like quotes, so I'll start with one. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this to an audience in Montgomery, Alabama in 1957. And it's something that holds very true to me. 
because it's a question that I've asked myself a lot. And for a long time, I've always struggled to come up with an answer that I've been truly satisfied with. And that's not to say that I don't feel like I do for others, but more so asking myself the question in the context of being able to make a real difference. Writing was never a passion or even a hobby for me. While I was in school, I was always a good student. So when I had writing assignments, I did well, but it was never something that I really enjoyed or got any satisfaction from. I was always a math and science person. In fact, I studied engineering at UC Berkeley and I have a 13 year long career in technology consulting. But guess what? There's always a plot twist. And as I've told you, I somehow managed to become an author. In fact, I'm now the author of a children's book series, which currently consists of four books with many more to come. And not only that, but I actually enjoy being an author so much that it now feels like it's my dream job. I call it my passion job. Have you ever heard the saying, find a job you enjoy doing and you'll never have to work a day in your life? Well, that's how I about being an author when I with the ideas for my books, bringing them to life, reading them to the children that I wrote them for at schools and in other spaces, partnering with organizations to promote and celebrate diversity in children's books, or even showing up at events like this one to share my story as an author. It just doesn't feel like work. It feels like it's what I was meant to do, and I have a lot of fun doing it. So I'd like to tell you the story about how my interest in writing changed and how I discovered my answer to the question, what are you doing for others? So I'm sure you all remember 2020. In fact, as we hopped on the call, we were talking about 2020 and the pandemic and maybe some things that may have came out of COVID. <laughs> um, but yeah, please forgive me for taking you all back there, um, but it actually plays a really key part in my story, so bear with me. So not only were we in the middle of a global pandemic, but there was a huge social justice movement taking place. In the days following the murder of George Floyd, my then eight-year-old son named Croy asked me a very prov provocative question. Mommy, why do police keep killing Black people? Now I'm gonna repeat it because it, it caught me by surprise. And I want you to pay close attention to his choice of words. Why do police keep killing Black people? That helped me realize that he is paying attention and he is seeing way more than what we realized, than what I realized, my husband realized, right? And it probably goes for all of, a lot of other kids. So could you imagine how I felt hearing my eight-year-old Black son ask a question like that one? At that moment, I wanted nothing more for Croy to know that just because that happened to George Floyd and too many others does not mean that that will happen to him. But how does a mother even begin to ask, to answer that question in a way that doesn't make their child fear or even worse, hate the police? So in the following days, that question it haunted me and it kept replaying in my head. A few nights later during our bedtime routine, my younger son, Silas, who was three at the time, picked out his favorite book. At that time, it was Good Night, Good Night Construction Site. Some of you may be familiar with this book. It's a New York Times bestseller. 
Now, I don't know if any of you have little ones, grandchildren, or but little ones who are obsessed with construction vehicles. But Silas takes it to a whole other level. He has a toy version for every construction vehicle possible. He has toy construction vehicles that I didn't even know existed. Sometimes I come downstairs in our home to find that he has converted our entire living room into a full-blown, legit construction site. So it makes sense, right? Why this bedtime story about construction vehicles would be his favorite. So like I was saying, Silas picked out this book for our bedtime story. So while he's pretty much reciting the book to his brother and me, because he literally had the entire book memorized from the many, many, many times he made us read it to him, my mind started want to wander. So now I want you guys to go on this journey with me because this was literally my thought process as I was in this trance. So much of what people believe is shaped by what we learn when they are children. Books help to shape our minds. And when books are enjoyable and memorable, like Good Night, Good Night Construction Site, we remember them even as adults. I'm willing to bet that Silas will remember this book when he gets older. What if there were more books that were enjoyable and memorable, but also packed important and meaningful messages? Messages that actually matter. Messages that our children need to hear. What if the main characters in these books were Black? So that Black children can see themselves being represented positively in the stories that they read. What if the messages were also universal so that any child, regardless of race, can enjoy and draw inspiration from these stories that just so happen to have main characters who are Black? What if these books were inspired by real people so that children can make a real connection to the messages and be able to say, wow, if they can do that, then so can I. That's real inspiration. Could this be a way to shift, shift the narrative from negative to positive? Rather than kids focusing on all the bad things that are happening to Black people, could this help elevate the many positive things? Showing them Black people who are thriving, Black people who are showing up as role models, and Black people who aren't being victims. And so just like that, the vision of my book series, Inspired to Be, came to me. But keep in mind, at this time, writing was not a passion or even a hobby for me. So how dare I have the audacity to say that I would write a book series, not just one book, but a whole book series. Well, with a vision as clear as this one, and for the thing that sparked this vision, my son's haunting question, how dare I not have the audacity to say that I would write this book series? So I snapped out of my trance right as Silas finished reciting the book. I tucked them in. I went to my room and called my husband who hadn't made it home yet. I told him what I was about to do. And then after we hung up the phone, I instantly started writing. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? So what am I doing for others? I'm getting closer to the answer, guys. I'm writing books that spread Black inspiration to all children. And you'll see what I mean by that later on. I'm writing books with meaningful messages that will stick with children as they grow up. I'm writing social emotional learning books that are lighthearted, age appropriate, and memorable. I'm writing books 
aimed at changing the narrative of Black people. And through my personal story and the stories I tell in my books, I'm empowering children and continuing to fight against racism by depicting positive stories and images of Black people. My first book, One Flip, Two Flip, Three Flip, Four, is about a little girl named Ruby who out of pure boredom discovers her love for gymnastics. With the support of the people around her, she's able to pursue gymnastics professionally. As she grows up, she learns that she can do anything she sets her mind to. Now, as I mentioned earlier, um, my books are inspired by real people. And this one is inspired by Gabby Douglas. And for those of you who don't know who she is, Gabby is a gymnast. She's a three-time Olympic gold medalist. And her story, in my opinion, is such an inspiration. She is the perfect embodiment of self-determination and perseverance, which led her to become the first African-American to win an Olympic individual all-around gold medal. She was 16 at the time. That was at the 2012 Summer Olympics. Now that's what I mean when I say Black inspiration. I remember one of my first times reading this book at an event. There just so happened to be this little girl in the audience who had a copy of this book at home already. And as I read the book, she was in the audience reciting it right along with me. And it reminded me of my son Silas and his favorite book, Goodnight, Goodnight Construction Site, because I set out to write a book that would be enjoyable and memorable. And that little girl actually showed me that that's exactly what I did. And since then, I've had a lot of similar experiences. And it's really, truly an incredible and validating feeling every single time. My second book is called I Am Different, and it's about three children who are confronted with being different. On one hand, they're being teased for the things that make them different. And then on the other hand, they're being praised and complimented for those same things that make them different. So of course it causes some confusion for them. This book is meant to inspire confidence in children and encourage them to love and appreciate things that make them and others different because those are the things that make them unique and special. It's inspired by a young lady named Karis Rogers and she is a role model for any child who struggles with being different. She was bullied for her dark skin complexion and that is what led her to start her own clothing line called Flexin and My Complexion. And it encourages to, uh, people to just love their skin and just be confident, right? In 2017, at the age of 11, just 11 years old, she became the youngest fashion designer to feature her work at New York Fashion Week. I think that's a big deal. And that's what I mean when I say Black inspiration. So in addition to building confidence in children and showing them how to be accepting of people who have different traits from theirs, I hope that this book shows them that they are never too young to make a difference. They can be like Karis. This is a book that educators love, and it's my number one request when I do author visits to schools, because this is, in fact, a very real issue our children are struggling with. And children respond so well and so positively to this book. They feel completely empowered and uplifted by the story. What I didn't expect, however, is for this book to be so meaningful to adults as well. I have so many stories I can tell you guys of adults who emotionally respond to this book in a positive way, but they tell me things like they wish they had 
books like this when they were growing up. And that just shows that trauma is real, right? And it feels really good to know that this book of mine will play a role in reducing childhood trauma for this generation and future generations of children. Now, my third book, Superheroes Here and There, highlights characteristics that everyday heroes embody so that children can recognize and appreciate those traits in others and be inspired to embody those traits as well. The moral of the story, if you ever want to meet a superhero, you don't have to look too far because they're all around us. It's inspired by Chadwick Boseman, who was best known as an actor who portrayed African-American icons and heroes like Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and Thurgood Marshall. But most memorable for children, though, was when he played the role of T'Challa in Black Panther. He was literally the superhero that Black people had been waiting for on the big screen. But it was the traits that he embodied off the screen, like courage and selflessness, determination, kindness, integrity, that made him a real life superhero in my eyes. So there were times where he turned down roles that would perpetuate harmful or outdated black stereotypes. And he did this very early on in his career when he didn't even have much leverage. And there were many, many times when he spoke out against racism and he used his platform to do so. Or there was a time where he offered up part of his own pay so that his co-star in a movie um, could get what she was worth because they weren't offering her what she was worth. And there were many, many acts of kindness that he had for children who were battling cancer when he himself was secretly dying from his own cancer. And there were so many other things that I learned about him that led me to the conclusion that he was truly a walking, breathing, real life superhero. I wish I would have known that earlier, right? But I wanted to capture those traits of his in a story that would inspire children and show them all these different lenses of what being a superhero looks like. And that's what I mean when I say Black inspiration. Unfortunately, Chadwick Boseman passed away in August of 2020. An elementary school literacy coach reached out to me to let me know how much of a struggle it is to find literature that gets boys interested in reading. She told me how excited the boys in her reading group were to read this book. And that literally made my day. Though my books are all gender neutral, regardless of who is on the front cover, because they all have these universal messages, it amazes me to know that my book is helping to address a specific need for our young boys. Now, finally, my most recent published book uh, is called Too Young to What? And it's about a little boy named Dante who has big dreams, but he keeps getting told that he's too young and that he needs to wait until he's older. Dante shares with the readers 10 trailblazing real children who have accomplished great things despite their age. Now, the first three books that I just mentioned though inspired by real people, are all technically fiction, fictional. Now, this is my first attempt at nonfiction because I felt that with this type of message, I might as well go all in and put some real examples in there to truly inspire the children. Um, and it, what the book really tries to do is challenge that quest question that we ask children all the time, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? Why do they have to wait, right? They can do many things right now and chase their dreams. 
like the person that the book is inspired by. His name is Machel Montano. And Machel is the king of soca. And soca is a genre of music that originated in his and my home island, Trinidad. His career began at the age of seven. When he released his song, Too Young to Soca, it became an instant hit. And despite being told that he was too young to be a soca artist, he still pursued it, of course, with the support of his family, his parents, right? And he has reached great heights in his career. Last year, he celebrated 40, 40 years as a soca artist. And he is arguably the best soca artist in the world. And he's still going strong. That is what I mean when I say Black inspiration. I've started including this book in my author visits. And the children almost always say that they never heard of any of the children featured in the book. But now that they know about them and they've heard their stories, it's quite inspiring to them. And it makes them feel like they too can achieve great things despite their age. That saying, seeing is believing, is so true, right? This message, though, can also go the other way. Just as you're never too young to do something, we're never too old to try something new. In my case, I decided at the age of 33, after 10 straight long years in a specific career, completely unrelated to what I'm doing here, that I would venture into becoming an author. And here I am, four books later. The type of feedback I've gotten for my books has been so validating. To know that my books are really making a difference is such an overwhelming feeling. And my plan is to write many, many more books just like these ones, because I believe that the impact these books can have on children everywhere is truly tremendous. And the best part is I'll never run out of ideas because there is no limit to Black inspiration. We are surrounded by so much of it. For many years, I've asked myself the question, what are you doing for others? And sometimes it's not just about what you're doing, but also why you're doing it. My son's question led me on the path to discovering the answer to this question. It led me to write my book series, something I be believe will be a pillar in many children's lives. Um, oftentimes adults tell me that they wish they had books like these when they were little. And this generation of children has just that. I'm not the only author, this, right? There are many others. And so children have a lot more exposure to this type of literature. So you've heard me say time and time again that writing was never a passion or even a hobby for me. But obviously that has now changed. My reason for writing these books, my why, right? Made me grow to enjoy writing and it fuels me to write so much more. It became the instrument, the vessel, the means through which I would do something that has the potential to make a real difference. So to close, I'll say, if you're like me and you're trying to figure out what you're doing to make a difference, I'd say keep an open mind because the answer to that question may lie in the most unexpected place. So when you get a, that nudge or that compelling feeling that you should be doing something um, and it doesn't seem to quite fit or make sense, I encourage you to take action and don't just let it sit. Don't give yourself time to think of all these reasons why you can't do it or why it wouldn't work, or why it doesn't make sense. I would say just start exploring it, just do it, right? You may not realize it at the time, but I think eventually you'll have your moment of clarity just like I did. 
So with that, I want to say thank you all so much for listening to my story. Thank you for having me. And that's it. Thank you, Christelle. Thank you. Uh, I love your story. I want to read these books. Um, Liz, what do you think for an inquiry for the breakout rooms? Yeah, I, Christelle, I've been holding your story since we spoke last night. And to me, the the uh, inquiry became very clear right away, right? Because you offer the question, what are you doing for others? But I wanted to tie it to what you talked about in the book inspired by Chadwick Boseman about kind of superpowers. And so if, I'm just going to take like 30 seconds. One of the things I've started to think about because I raised boys and I've spent a lot of time contemplating superheroes and the stories of heroes and one of the things I realized, we're often taught that we were supposed to challenge ourselves and do the thing that was difficult. But what has come to me is maybe our superpower is that thing that is easy for us because like Superman doesn't have to work very hard to fly, right? It comes very naturally to him. And I think that thing that we're here to do for others sometimes is so natural to us that we don't think of it as our superpower or think of it as we, what we do for others. And I'll give you one quick example before I send you, we send you into the room. Uh, at the beginning of COVID, my husband underwent a kidney transplant and really had to stay isolated. And I have a beautiful friend who works full time, but her love, as you would say, right, is she loves to cook. And for six months, every day, she put a giant pot of some beautiful Italian wedding soup, pasta sauce on our doorstep. And I, when I thanked her, thanked her because it was this beautiful thing she was doing for us. She said, Liz, it's easy to just make more. I cook anyway. I mean, and, and I don't think she was holding what a beautiful gift it was because in her mind, this was a very easy thing for her to do. So as we go into the rooms, I would love for you to kind of think about um, what is it you do for others that maybe you don't think about is that beautiful thing you do for others because it's this thing that comes so naturally. So if we want to have a conversation about, is there a superpower that you have that you don't think of as your superpower, uh, but that you really do use normally to help or serve others? So, so that's the inquiry. Wonderful. All right. So our, our thought, Judy, you're raising your hand. You're on mute. I have to leave and I'm so sorry because I love <laughs> conversation and Christelle, I loved your story. I just wanted to say thank you so very much. And uh, I have a grandson who has memorized good night, good night, construction site. <laughs> and so I know it by heart. And I am very much looking forward to borrowing all four of your beautiful stories. It's a great story. So thanks. And I'm sorry I have to go to this other thing, but it was a delight to hear your story. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Good night. Good night. Construction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go into the breakout rooms now. And um, our agreements in the rooms are to speak from your heart, to listen with your heart, to say just enough so that the others will have an opportunity to share and to keep confidentiality. When we come back, we'll share what's going on. If you want to share your personal story, you're welcome to. But if you'd like to let others share, that's fine, too. Um, I'm going to I'm going to pause the recording and then we'll come back in just a few minutes. Oh, well, welcome back. Welcome back from the breakout rooms. It's so nice to see all of you. Who would like to share? Uh, I, yeah, I just wanted to add what was very alive in the conversation we had. And it's unusual. We we're a small group. So Terry and I uh, entered the room, which was wonderful. 
and Anna brought up, uh, you know, graphic novels. And an exciting moment for me, I, I made the decision to homeschool my, my boys. I had taught middle school for many years. And one of the projects we did, there's a beautiful teacher of myth, Joseph Campbell. And, and he said, the myths that we create contain the symbols that will move humanity forward. And so my boys were reading all these superhero things. And I create, we created, it was a many years project. Uh, you know, if they're solving a mystery on a, on a detective show and they have red yarn, then they put all the facts together. And I was saying, what is it that Superman can teach us and Black Panther can teach us? What are those things in them that can move humanity forward? So we were creating stories. But one of the most exciting moments for me, uh, Christelle, was when my, my younger son came home with the Black Panther graphic novel, one of the later ones. And it was written by ta Coates. And I don't know if all of you know ta Coates. And my son and my husband said, Jake, show mommy the cover and show who wrote it. So I took that and he loved it because it was Black Panther. But I use that as a way to kind of teach him about ta Coates and his vision of the world and why he chooses the stories he tells. So I love that idea of, of, of the graphic novel and the superheroes. I think it's just such a powerful way. And I love um, that we can point them out in our everyday life that the superheroes don't have to be the people in the capes. So that was just exciting for me. I'm so thankful to you for your work and your story. Yeah. Who else would like to share? Well, the reference while we're recording is to make the connection with Ibram Kendi's new book, which is a graphic novel. And he also has the one, you know, being an anti-racist for kids. And then I asked people to look up um, what we're doing here in Minnesota at an organization called Metro Blooms. And we all know about the butterfly effect. And it's what you were talking about, Liz. And, and my goal is to inspire young people. And young people for me means you, dear Christelle, and also <laughs> your, your two sons and Liz's two sons. Because um, as we keep, keep creating and being artistic, and blending together the movement of environmental and social justice, which is all based in peace, and the alliances that we form, and the role models that we have, whether they go way back to Joseph Campbell, or right here and now to wonderful you, Christelle, we, we got to keep writing and inspiring um, the next generation of people. And um, you do that. You're a proactivist too. Mm. So thank you for all you do. And um, Terry and Liz, thank you for having this, this forum and for getting these ideas and these connections out to inspire others. Thank you, Anna. Would anyone else like to share? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. All right, well, if no one else wants to share, Crystal, do you have any closing comments before we close the call? I mean, just thank you uh, for um, allowing me to come on this platform and share my story. Um, thank you for all your questions. Thank you for the comments, the, the appreciation of what I'm doing. Um, it really, is validating. It means a lot to me. So I just, you know, just thank you. And I hope someone who hears my story is inspired mm -hmm. um, 
and maybe it helps them figure out what their superhero is, uh, their superpower is if they have been in search for it, right? Well, thank you, Christelle. And um, your website is christellepatterson.com and it's C-R-Y-S-T-E-L Patterson with an S-O-N.com. I've also put some other links in the chat. The Peace Alliance is peacealliance.org. Our mission is to educate, advocate, and mobilize people into action to transform systems and public policy toward a culture of peace. And our vision is we cultivate peace building to create a world where everyone and everything thrives. Our podcasts are, can also be linked through from the, from the website. And also there's a link about our hope story circles. We have them currently on the second and fourth Saturday of every month. We'd love to have you come back and join us. There's also a link to our blueprint for peace. It's a major initiative we've had going for some time now, but just clicking on that one link, you're letting all of your elected officials know, federal, state, and local, that you support policy to reduce violence and build peace strategically. There's also a link about HR 1111, which is our major piece of legislation to create a cabinet-level department of peace building in our government. We are a small nonprofit. We appreciate donations of any size. So there's a link there to donate. And the calendar of events, which is peacealliance.org slash calendar, where you can get the links to these Hope Story Circle calls and the other events that we have going throughout the month. So thank you so much for being here, everyone. And Liz, do you want to close us out? Yeah, thank you. I am so grateful, Christelle, for your story. I'm grateful for bringing it to this forum. And I think, you know, when we when we offer the, in this closing, I usually think about something we can go forward in the next couple of weeks till we meet again as an action. And I was completely inspired by your son. I think you said it was Silas who said it, who walks around walking down the street saying, there's a superhero, there's a superhero, there's a superhero. So I think what I would love to encourage in the next couple of weeks as you just to walk through your life and just do exactly that, just take note of it. You can say it out loud, you can say it to yourself, but just to walk through the street saying, there's a superhero, there's a superhero, there's a superhero. And, and I think why that affects me so much, Christelle, is I think sometimes we all think we have to start with the huge thing. And to recognize that if we just go, go through our days creating that little bit of a connection and that little bit of recognition and go, oh, there are things that I do regularly so I can just spot that thing that I'm grateful that that other person is doing and know that I also probably do those things and to just do them more on purpose. So I'm so thankful to you. I'm thankful to both Croy and Silas and for the inspiration they gave you. and. Uh, and I look forward to not only getting and reading your books, but seeing what else you create uh, on your path. So thank you, everyone, for being here with us. Thank you, everyone. Thank Feel free to come you. up yeah. and say goodbye. Thank you so thank much. You for hosting. Thank, thank you, Christelle. Yep. Keep on writing. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. I will. I will. Okay. Thank All right. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.